shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. I will come see me on the mountain, and I will come it is a nina fa in a nina kisa to 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 waina at so I will bring you far, I will bring you far, I will bring you far with two witnesses, two witnesses, two witnesses, two witnesses, two witnesses, two Searching for the interpretation inside her, and she spoke in tongues and spoke in tongues till the interpretation came. See, that's the way to follow the spirit. You don't just because you know you can be under pressure to say, ah, I must say something. You know, I like the fact that she fought that pressure 
Do you get? You should be able to fight that pressure and don't say anything until the meaning comes. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay. Like, you can be on that way, ah, people are waiting for me to talk, but nothing is coming. Fight that pressure till actually you all the pressure around you and you let the meaning come before you talk. Hmm. So you see, she was saying, she repeated that tongue. The meaning had not come. I knew the meaning, but I knew the meaning would come. Even me, I didn't know the meaning. Don't worry. I knew she was going to get it. I didn't know it. Yeah, I'm serious. I didn't know it, but I had a witness inside me that that meaning was going to come. Then when she said two witnesses, two witnesses, I didn't know the two witnesses. I was checking my spirit. Is it the father and the son? Is it angelic witness? And I didn't know. Then she said the prophet and the word. Praise God. That's accurate. Yes, you follow the spirit. Mm. Praise God. Mm. Or else you'll be deceptive. Wow. You'll deceive people. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So this is this is I I, I just I, I'm, I'm, as the thing as the thing um, unfolded I was grateful. That's maturity. Mm. So much maturity. Praise God. Thank you, my sister. Huh? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Don't do that. We got to We got to We got Praise God. Praise God. So I, I, just, I, just, I just mentioned that for us to see the way the Holy Ghost plays out. Do you know what I'm saying? So that anytime we're having experiences too, we understand the way the Holy Ghost operates. Praise God. Praise God. Please, I don't want them to distract Paulette. Can somebody, can they distribute the two? Praise God. Yeah, if she's paying attention to two of them, she'll be very distracted. So, if you can. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. My house is always cold. I don't know why. For me, I'm not cold. Oh, yeah, I just like covering myself. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Uh, I, I don't know. Praise God. Um, there's a place I want us to start from today. Um... There's a way I normally feel when I want to minister, but I don't have that feeling right now. And I know why. Holy Ghost wants me to calm down today. Praise God. So, people should bear with me, eh? I'll be teaching. Well, that's what I do many times, but I think today is just a little different. So normally, there's one anointing that I always feel, but right now, I'm not feeling that anointing. I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to, lie to you. Praise God. Maybe it's cheating that has the anointing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Uh, let's quickly open to um, First Timothy chapter two. Are we from? Are we from verse four? Um, from verse 3, praise God. Please, let's open your Bible with me. Bible on your phone, Bible on your tablet, your physical Bible. Even though, really, really, this tablet Bible and phone Bible, sometimes, they're always looting. 
<laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. One day I was studying the scriptures. My Bible, I was using tablet to study the scriptures. I was just loading, 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 loading. I said, what is this? Because, and the reason is because I was too lazy. I was studying Bible upstairs and my Bible was downstairs. So I said, let me use my tablet. The thing was just loading, loading, loading. I put the tablet in one place and I came downstairs to carry my Bible. <laughs> Praise God. So, yeah. But if you know that you are very comfortable studying the Bible on your, on your, on your phone and you won't get distracted, notification from Instagram will not distract you. Notification from Snapchat will not distract you. Fine, you can. Praise God. Because sometimes, you just, what's that story you just enter? Praise God. And you, and you are studying the Bible, but you just really want to check, check what, what just came in. Praise God. But if you know it won't distract you, that's fine. But if you know you are easily distracted, go and buy a physical Bible, please. Praise God. They will not be cheated in Jesus' name. Ah, uh, praise God. Okay. First Timothy chapter 2, verse... I read from verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who we have all men to be saved, praise God, and come unto the knowledge of the truth. Praise God. Who we have all men to be saved, and what? Come to the knowledge of the truth. Verse 5, for there is one God, praise God, there is one God and one mediator between God and men. Praise God, you see? Can we, can we break down that um, scripture? There is one God, praise God, huh? one God, and there is also one mediator between God and man. Praise God. These are the few things that prove the existence of the Trinity. Do you get what I'm saying? There's one God, and there's also a mediator. Do you get what I'm saying? Between God and man. And that mediator is who? The man Christ Jesus. As at this point, Jesus Christ has resurrected. So they are talking about in his resurrected form. Do you get what I'm saying? But you know what shocked me there is that they use the word the man, Jesus. Praise God. Why do you think they use the word man there? Because he's God. Do you get what I'm saying? Praise on the Lord. They use the word man here, but that man is God. Do you get what I'm saying? So when we sing a song, he's God and a man, Adonai, Elah, you get? Is God became man. And that man became God. Praise God. Oh, praise God. Let's look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Praise God. Praise God. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy chapter three verse sixteen. Praise God. Praise God. Without controversy, 
Great is the mystery of what? Godliness. Great is what? The God was manifested in the flesh. You see? So, God was manifested in the flesh means that God became man. Praise God. Uh, praise God. Praise God. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. That means God... So, so people will say that um, uh, God, God did not become flesh, you know, all those things that somebody just gave birth to a man, then God now raised that person to become... Uh, no, 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 no. The Bible says God was manifested in the flesh. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and what was God? Verse 14 now said, and the word became what? Became flesh and dwelt among us. Praise God. And the word did what? Became flesh and dwelt among us. So we need to understand that that word, which is God, actually truly became flesh. Praise God. If we don't accept that God became flesh, eh? this is what's going to happen. If you don't accept that God became flesh, that means there's no way flesh can come into Godhood. Praise God. Do you get what I'm saying? So if God never became flesh, and that flesh now became God, eh? that means it's not possible for me as flesh eh? to conform to the image of the Son. So the Bible now says that any spirit that denies that Christ came in the flesh is the spirit of the Antichrist. Do you get what I'm saying? Why is it that? Because the spirit of the Antichrist does not want Christ to be formed in people, right? So he wants to deny and convince people that Christ did not come in the flesh. Do you get it? And once Christ did not come in the flesh, he's telling you that flesh can never become Christ. Do you get what I'm saying? And that's actually the job of the Antichrist, to make a man convinced that that Christ, that flesh cannot become Christ. Do you get what I'm saying? That's actually the job of the Antichrist. So when we say Antichrist, Antichrist is not just that man that will come and deceive everybody. The Bible says even the spirit of Antichrist is here now, right? Um, let's quickly look at um, John. Um, first John. Let's quickly look at First John. First John told us that. Mm. Verse 18, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Uh, please just follow me as I'm teaching today, please. Eh? Just follow me step by step. Praise God. Little children, it is the last time. Huh? And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. Hmm? Now, when you want to, anytime you are thinking of Antichrist, don't just think of that man that will come. Think of a spirit that wants to disturb the formation of Christ in you. Praise God. So, you don't see a man yet. See a spirit. Praise God. It's that spirit that will end up raising that man. Do you get what I'm saying? 
Now, I want us to say that anybody is a potential antichrist. So don't, don't take yourself out of the picture. If a man allows that spirit to raise him well, he will become the antichrist. Praise God. In fact, in fact, I feel like it's possibility that somebody that has somebody that is born again can even end up like that. Do you get what I'm saying? If the devil is able to paint lust in your eyes well, he can can get you to that point. Praise God. So it says in verse 18. Little children, it is the last time, as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many what? Antichrists. Antichrists. Praise God. Now there are many what? Antichrists. Whereby we know that it is the last time. Now, now those Antichrists here that John is referring to them, they are, he's referring to human beings right now. He was in fact, first at the beginning, he was saying that we went from, uh, we said, children, last time, and we have heard the Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out of us, but they were not of us. For if they had been with us, they would have no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But ye have an option from the Holy One. And ye know all things. Praise God. You see? So, in other words, there were people in their midst that actually John was referring to as Antichrist. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Why? By what they say, by their character and their demeanor, they are limiting the formation of Christ in people. Praise God. Somebody can sit you down, and if he's anointed by Satan, everything the Lord has taught you, you can convince you in 15 minutes that it is wrong. That's the spirit of Antichrist. It can rest on a man. Praise God. And to be very sincere, that spirit can rest on a minister of the gospel. Do you get what I'm saying? A minister of the gospel can can start from teaching by the Spirit and move into teaching carnality if he is not careful enough. Praise God. Do you get what I'm saying? That's actually a spirit called the spirit of Antichrist. It can teach a man to stop the formation of Christ in people. Do you get what I'm saying? Aha. So when we are talking about Antichrist, you think about the Spirit first. Praise God. Think about the spirit. That spirit can talk to you. It talks to everybody every day. Any spirit that wants to convince you that that leading, that the Holy Ghost is leading you, is not accurate and is not good enough for you and cannot be beneficial to you, is the spirit of Antichrist. Because he wants to stop formation of what? Christ in the soul of a man. But he now said in verse 20, but ye have an unction from the Holy One. Praise God. That unction is Holy Ghost. Praise God. Ye have what? An unction from the Holy One. And ye know all things. Praise God. That means, no, no, let's read it further so that I will not, I will not just, I will not be inferring. 
But ye have an unction from the Holy One. I'm reading verse 20. Ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he that denied that Jesus is Christ, he is Antichrist, you see? That denied that that denied the Father and the Son. You see? Now, to deny is not that saying that, oh, the Father and the Son is, is a lie. <laughs> it stops him. When, when the Father wants to operate, he can, he can disturb the operation of the Father. You can stop him. You know when he says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power. That means limiting, not allowing the power. We can... Everybody here has had that experience where the Lord wants to touch something in our life, but we deny him from touching it. How many of us have had that experience? Praise God. Because we love that thing, we deny that power from having that effect in us. Because we know that power will take something away from us. Do you get what I'm saying? And that thing that wants to take away from us, we love it. So we deny that power. Praise God. So he said, having a form of, so a man can have a form of godliness. He can look gentle. Bless the Lord. Bless God. Wow, Jesus is good. Come, I'm sorry. Bless you, sister. But it doesn't mean that when the power of God rests on him to take things away from him, he will permit him. Praise God. So people can even fast leave the leading of the Spirit out of that, out of their life. You've not seen where only God has to give some amount of money. And you just, you just, you just conclude that it's the devil, so you decide to fast and cast out that state. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Have you ever been praying before? One lady just land in your heart and you just increase your voice. I'm touching something. Don't worry, I'm talking from experience too. Like you are praying, you know, and one, one impression just enter your heart. And you don't like that impression, so you just ha, you shake your head and you continue, you continue the prayer. Praise God. Why? That is a process of denying the power thereof. Praise God. So we have capacity to deny the power thereof. Denying. So if he says, um, whoever denied the son, uh, whoever who is verse twenty two, who is a liar, but. But he that denied that Jesus is the Christ he is the Antichrist. He is Antichrist. Do you get it? So, as long as we don't acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ, what is Christ? Anointed one, Savior, Messiah. If we don't agree that Jesus is the Messiah, then you will not allow the Messiah to do his work inside you. Praise God. So, number one, you must first agree that that life that Jesus Christ is eroding is a Messianic salvation life. When you now agree with that life, salvation will start its process. You can, it, nothing in Christ can start its process unless you agree with it. Praise God. Do you get what I'm saying? Unless you agree with the life that Christ is projecting to you, it cannot start that process of transformation inside you. Praise God. So we need to be very, very conscious of it that in this journey of Christ, Christ will not force his laws on you. Praise God. Praise on the Lord. Christ will not what? Force his laws on you. You have to agree. Praise God. You have to what? 
agree with the life is projecting. The Bible says, shall two or more work together except they agree. Praise God. So, one of the essence of multitude of revelation, hmm? when you are reading your Bible today, one revelation comes. Praise God. You read your Bible and another day, one revelation comes. Many times, it only goes to convince you into one, one result. Many times. Right? Praise God. Holy Ghost wants to convince you into one result and can spend weeks bringing revelations to you. He's just convincing the heart for you to get to one result. The reason is because that one result we apply to so many areas of your life because any result you come into we affect your sight. It will affect the way you see. It will affect the way you, um, you perceive life. Then as long as the way you perceive life changes, the way you make decisions will begin to change. So what's the essence of that revelation? That revelation is coming, 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 and coming, and coming to get you somewhere, to get you to a resolve. Praise God. So when Holy Ghost is bringing revelation to you, eh, let, 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 let it flow. Do you get what I'm saying? Let those thoughts flow. Uh, let me ask you a question. Have you noticed sometimes that sometimes when you are reading your Bible yourself, it's not the big, big, it's not the revelations that we are teaching and sometimes that the Holy Spirit is teaching in your closet? Praise God. Praise God. Have you noticed that sometimes in your quiet time, what the Holy Spirit is teaching you in your quiet time might not be many times what we are even teaching here sometimes. Do you know, as much as the Holy Spirit is teaching you here, eh? one thing that the Holy Spirit does is that when you come to a body, let me just stay here. When you come to a body of Christ, what happens is that Holy Spirit has what he wants to give in a season. Do you get what I mean? Holy Spirit has what he wants to give in a season. Do you get what I mean? And which is for the body, which is for the general congregation. Do you get what I mean? Very important. And you must stick to it, you must pay attention to it. Because you must actually journey with the season of God. You must journey with the, with the um, crowd that God is leading. It's just like the Israelites' journey. Those that stepped behind were eaten by wild, wild, wild animals. Do you get what I'm saying? So you must learn to journey with the crowd. But in your closet, there are some things that the Holy Ghost will bring to you. Do you get what I'm saying? That might even be different from what you are even teaching here. To be very sincere, you, we can be teaching all these things here. When you are in your closet, when the Bible, when God is interpreting scriptures to you, He might just be interpreting milk to you. Milk of the word, faith, you know, love, work, the Lord. We will just be interpreting it to you. That that fellowship there is actually what you need in that season. Praise God. Praise God. That's what you want. So Holy Ghost knows what you need. So you can read your Bible and say, ah, oh, I'm not getting the big, big revelation that Pastor Femi is teaching. Please, praise God. Be very, very careful that. You should learn to, to, to actually flow with the, with the food that Holy Spirit is feeding you in your, in your closet. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is the one that knows what you need. You see what I'm saying? Praise God. Holy Spirit knows what? What you need. Apart from the general um, congregation, what is around to the general congregation, 
In your closet, Holy Ghost knows what he wants to communicate to you. Praise God. So in your closet, that, that's why that's your closet encounter should not be missing. That is, give us our daily bread. Give us this daily bread. Our daily bread. That daily bread is not, because I won't be in your house every day preaching to you. So that daily bread is in that place of you fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. That's where that daily bread comes from. Praise God. And you need it every day. Because the Bible says sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. Praise God. Do you understand that? The Bible says sufficient for the day. So for every day, there's an evil. Praise God. For every day. That's why you need revelation for every day. Praise God. So, a church does just be comfortable waking up in the morning and not spend time with God. You are living a dangerous life. You know they call it living a life on the edge. You are living on the edge. Praise God. Praise God. You are living what? On the edge. That means you can fall at any time. Praise God. Because that means sufficient for the day is what? The evil thereof. There's an evil for every day that Satan has located for everybody. <coughs> so if a man does not spend time with God in the day, praise God. So what is going to happen is that he is, he is not shielded for the day. Praise God. He is not what? Shielded for the day. Praise God. So we need to be very, very conscious of things like that. Now, let's go back to verse 22 again. First John chapter 1, chapter 2, verse 22. Who is a liar? But he that denied that Jesus is the Christ. You see? That Jesus is the Christ? Yes. So, that deny. Now, that word deny is not that saying, ah, Jesus, you can just, someone can say Jesus is the Christ. And you now say, no, he's not the Christ. That's not the denying there. Have you seen some people that are uh, in Nigeria? <laughs> there was one guy like that. Muslim wanted to cut up his head. He said, deny Jesus. The guy said, yeah, he denied Jesus here and there. After the knock cut his head, he went back and said, Jesus, I'm sorry. That joke. Jesus, you know. You know my infirmity. You know I don't want to die. <laughs> so, when they say you deny Jesus, it's not because you say, ah, Jesus, I'm not worshiping you again. That's not to be denying there. So, people have lied many times. They come back and repent with you. Jesus has said them out. <laughs> Praise God. So that denying there is not is not allowing the work that Christ wants to do to be carried out. That is actually the denial there. Praise God. Praise God. Praise on the Lord. Okay, let's 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 move ahead. Who is a liar? But he that denied that Jesus is the Christ is the is Antichrist. You see? He is Antichrist that denied the Father and the Son. Verse 23. Now let's go further. Whosoever denied the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledged the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. 
And this is the promise he has promised us. Even what? Even what? Eternal life. Praise God. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. You see? The reason why he's saying this thing, what does the Spirit of Antichrist do? The Spirit of Antichrist does what? He seduces. Praise God. See, that temptation of Jesus Christ in the wilderness is called seduction. Praise God. It's called what? Seduction. Seduction is somebody knowing your weakness and playing at that moment on your weakness. You just need to paint a picture before your eyes so that you can actually be drawn away from what you are supposed to be paying attention to. That's actually what seduction is. Do you know what I'm saying? At that point, the Bible says that Jesus was hungry. That's when he said that you look for that moment. You are checking. This guy has not for 40 days. Then you are tempting with bread. At that point, Jesus Christ just came from Jordan. Eh? He has not started ministry. Do you get what He has not started ministry. So he brought the temptation of another ministry. He said, this world has been given unto me. And I can give it to you. Just bow and worship me. He knew where Jesus Christ was. He knew that Jesus Christ was preparing for ministry. Do you get what I'm Praise God. Hallelujah. He knew Jesus Christ was the place of preparation for ministry. So he quickly brought his temptation. Let me quickly offer him something different. Let me offer him another path. Let, him, let me just see if you accept the path that I want to offer him right now. So he said, this world, praise God. Praise God. So he told him, he said, bow down and worship me. I will give you the glory. He didn't just promise anything. No. He promised him the glory of this world. That was another ministry he presented to him. Apart from the ministry of dying on the cross. Praise God. Now, let me ask you a question. Will you be temptation if Jesus Christ didn't consider it? So, why something is temptation? is because you consider it. So, Jesus Christ actually considered it. So, you know that it was a man. Praise God. Praise God. Hold on. Praise God. Praise on the Lord. So you see that Jesus Christ was a man because he actually considered what Satan presented to him. But at the end of the day, he refused it. Something just rose up inside him. What was really, really living inside him rose up to counter that temptation. So when we are singing that song, he's Lord and a man, you actually know that in reality he was a man. Praise God. Then that man grew and became God. Do you know that in heaven right now, Jesus Christ, he was, he was Logos, he was in God form, right? Before he came down. In heaven right now, he has hand, he has leg, he has like a man. That was not what he was before, before he came down. But when he was ascending, he ascended as a man. Praise God. That was an eternal sacrifice. Praise God. God, an uncreated being, took the form of a creature and decided to stay there for like that forever. In his Godhood. Do you think? That was a sacrifice Jesus Christ made. Praise God. So he's he's man in heaven, but not just any man. He's God man. 
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So he's God man. He's a man that is God. Do you get what I'm saying? So in, our, in the book of Revelation, he said we have an advocate that actually uh, he, he, he can, he can um, how is that scripture again? Um, who knows our infirmities, right? Do you get what I'm saying? We have an high priest in heaven. Yeah, who, who can, who can uh, actually, yes, the feeling of our infirmities, right? So he experienced the feeling that we felt, we are feeling. Praise God. The same feeling that we felt, he experienced it. Do you know what I'm saying? Praise God. Praise God the Lord. So the same feeling we are feeling, he experienced it. Aha. So if we now look at it from that point, Jesus Christ, he said, and this is the promise he has promised us. He now said, these things have I written unto you concerning them that what? Seduce you. But verse 27 now says, but the anointing which ye have received of him abided in you. And you need not that any man, what? Praise God. Verse 27. You need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing, what? It's okay. Praise God. What does that anointing do? Verse 27. But let's read the verse 27 again. But the anointing which ye have received from him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man what? But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall what? Abide in him. So what the anointing does is that the anointing what? Teaches. Actually, the essence of the Holy Ghost is to come and teach. He says, I bring to your remembrance what I have taught you. Do you get what I'm saying? So that's the essence of the Holy Spirit. And that's the anointing of the Holy One. Praise God. Jesus Christ was an anointed man. He ministered under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. That means when he came out from Gwydan, he said he came out in Holy Ghost power. Do you get what I'm saying? So Jesus Christ was a man that God anointed with Holy Ghost power. Do you get what I'm saying? So some people will say that the uh, reason why I can't become like Jesus is because Jesus is God. No, no, no. The Bible says that he was anointed. God does not need to be anointed. So when he came to the earth, he came as man. God now anointed him. And that anointing now taught him how to be God. Praise God. So that anointing taught him what? How to be God. The anointing trained him. So the Bible says, the anointing teaches you. You need no one to teach you, but that anointing teaches you. Let me tell you something. Eh? You don't just rely on my own teaching. Let the anointing teach you. You must, you must separate the place of a minister of God in your life from the place of the Holy Ghost. I can't be Holy Ghost. I can't be your Holy Ghost. Actually, I should be confirming what Holy Ghost is putting in your heart. Yes, sir. No lies. Yes, sir. So, if you miss that fellowship of the Holy Ghost, I, I can't help you. 
If I give you prophecy today, it should confirm what the Holy Ghost has been showing, has been showing you. Yes, sir. I am really of those people that you just want your pastor to just tell you what to do. See, I have a problem with you. Because number one, I will even avoid you. <laughs> I understand the place that sometimes, sometimes, be very sincere, sometimes, Holy Ghost can put grace on your pastor. Do you get what I'm saying? Sometimes when you're in that confused state, you can't think, you can't even pray. Do you get what I'm saying? Holy Ghost can put that grace upon your pastor to tell you what to do. But even as a pastor, when I'm telling you what to do, I should be able to explain to you why. And make you understand why you are making that decision. I should be able to enlighten you. That when you make that decision, you know that you are making that decision because you know what you are doing. Yes. Not because your pastor told you so. Mm. Now, please, there are some things that you know your pastor doesn't need to tell you. You don't need to blow do that. Don't do it. Praise God. Don't say, don't say, I don't want to do it because my pastor told me so. I want the Holy Spirit to tell me. But you know that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know sometimes we, we give excuse to stay in our in our uh, in our in our lawlessness. You, you want to stay in your lawlessness. You now find an excuse. Ah, evil spirits, they are bad. They will just teach you what to say. Then you know I that's what you are saying. But you know you two have thought of that we should when it has rested in our spirit man that we should do it. I will leave you. Okay, let's go rest. But so these are just clear. Even when believers know that it's bad. I'm actually out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually Praise <laughs> God. So those kind of things, don't tell me that uh, you want to rest in your spirit. No, you don't need to rest. You all know it's bad. But there are some things that they are not white and black. You need the spirit of the Lord to teach you what to do. Now, I can come and give you counsel. That counsel, I should be able to enlighten you now. The Holy Ghost can now draw from the enlightenment that your pastor has given you and now bring instructions to you. So at the end of the day, growth, you can never grow if I'm telling you what to do. Because at the end of the day, whatever the Holy Spirit is telling you to do is supposed to transform you. And if you have not been enlightened to make that decision, you will do it, but nothing will have changed. Do you get what you will do that thing, but not all that thing because you, knowledge has not played out in you while you are doing what you did. Praise God. So, so you, should be, you should be able to separate that place of your pastor and the Holy Ghost. You, they, they should work hand in hand. And not that your pastor will take the place. Praise God. They should work hand in hand, not that your pastor will work. Take the place of the Holy Ghost. If a man is trying, if a, if a minister is trying to take the place of the Holy Ghost in your life, step in. The man of God should point you to the Holy Ghost. I understand all these things about submission. Truly, truly, submission is very important. Ah, submit to. Please, submit. Submit vital things in your life. Even the ones that are not very vital that you are confused about, submit them. Do you get what I'm saying? But when you are submitting them, submit them in the like when you are submitting them, one thing that we would someone like me would do is that I want to by the spirit teach you 
eh? teach you what you are supposed to be seeing. Do you get me? The perspective you are supposed to be seeing. Then I can leave you to make a decision. Or even if I can tell you that what I think you should do, eh? I can I should be able to teach you through the scripture and by the spirit why I feel like that's what you need to do. Do you get what I'm saying? And, but even in some areas, there are some better decisions that I don't even tell you what I think you should do. Like, you like two dead boys now. I'm actually out. <laughs> no, I will not tell you what to do. <laughs> I, will not, I will not tell you. Even if I feel convinced that the person you should choose, if, no matter how convinced I feel, you will not come out of my mouth. Because that one, eh? <laughs> 40 years decision. Yeah. It's a lifetime. Lifetime decision. You don't want to wake up all day and my pastor that says, <laughs> So me. <laughs> I knew it. Just so you tell me. <laughs> I, mean, I tell you. No, no, no. Ah, I have to be. You have to be extremely careful in that area. Very careful. That's a very sensitive place. Career. Some areas in your career, I can't just tell you what to do. Do you get me? Yeah. So you see. So why am I saying this? The. The what the unction what teaches. Now you see, Paul started coming to them. He said, "And no one needs to teach you again." Do you get? You see that John was not teaching them. John was their teacher. Do you get what I'm saying? But he said, "No one needs to teach you because what? But the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie. And even as he has taught you." Ye shall what? Abide in me. So for you to abide in what does it mean to abide? To abide means to be consistent in me. You are not turning away. That is the abiding. You are constantly in him. You need to be taught to be in him. Why do you need to be taught to be in him? Whatever he teaches you should become a law inside you. What does it mean a law? Let's say law of gravity. Law of gravity does not change. Unless you superimpose other law on top of it. Law of thermodynamics. Actually, law of gravity, nobody knows the source. Scientists have been telling us, have been lying to us since. Till today, they don't know the source. Law of thermodynamics, they are using it, but they don't know where it came from. Law of relativity, they don't know where it came from. They are just using it. Or every single law, every single law that science bases on, eh? every single law that science is riding on was existing before science came. Science is just riding on the laws. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, law of gravity. Eh? For you to be able to suspend in the air, you must actually apply plane for plane to overcome law of gravity. Law of relativity must come. Right? That's another law. Right? Mm-hmm. Law of friction. For law of friction to be overcome. The term is it no the uh, what's the law of law of motion sorry law of motion must come in so for a law to be changed another law must be superimposed right so for you to abide in the Holy Spirit whatever the Holy Spirit is teaching you must have become a law inside you law is what you do naturally that nobody needs that you don't natural it does naturally do it exists inside you naturally you just do it. Praise God. That's what you call a law. So something has not become a law inside you. 
if you are still struggling with it. Praise God. So, you want a time has to come that the word of God should become a law inside you. Praise God. When law, law controls things, it's not things that control a law. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Law of gravity, throw something up. It's law of gravity that will control that thing back down. So, law, laws control things. Not that you control the law. So, when you are, when the, when the word of God becomes a law inside you, the word of God begins to control you. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Now, for it to become a law, you must yield to it. Over and over again. You can't, um, the law, word of God cannot become a law inside you if you have not yielded to it over time. It becomes a law because you have yielded and yielded and yielded and it has become a part of you. It has become, it's more than habit. That's the best word I can use, but it's more than an habit. Eh? Because you can change an habit. It's more than an habit. It becomes um, a power at work in you. Praise God. The word of God should become a power at work in you. That means according to the power that is at work in us. Praise God. Praise God. So the word of God should become a power at work in you. Do you get what I'm saying? So, but it comes with Holy Ghost teaching you. That unction teaching you. Bringing revelations to you. And through the revelations, it becomes... So, revelation, what we call truth of the word, hmm? is multitude of revelations coming together to form a resolve in the heart. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Multitude of revelation coming together to form a resolve in the heart. So when you say, I know, eh? when you say you know something, it's because you have been convinced and that thing has become a natural state in your heart. That is what you now say, you know. Praise God. Praise God. So the anointing does what? It teaches. The anointing is a teacher. The Holy Ghost is a teacher. The Holy Ghost wants to teach. Praise God. Now let's quickly go back to 1 Timothy chapter 2 again. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Chapter, chapter 3, verse 16 again. Verse Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And... Hey. Praise God. Praise God. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Now, great is what? Let's pay attention, please. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was what? Praise God. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. 
God was what? Manifested in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. You see? God was what? Manifested in the flesh. What does it mean to justify somebody? Praise God. Justification is the way you and they see accuracy in you, accuracy in you. And they say, yes, this person is permitted to be called God. This is legit. This is legit. Thank you for that one. Praise God. This is what? Legit. Legit to me. Praise God. You see, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. Justified in the spirit, seen of angels. You see, angels saw him, angels weighed him, eh? and angels saw that ah, this is God. Praise God. Praise God. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles. Believed on him, on believed on in the world, received up into glory. Praise God. So, in other words, this is the process. Grace is the mystery of Godliness. God manifested in the flesh. He raised him. Hmm? By the time he raised him by the spirit, they said justified in the spirit. They raised him in the spirit and he was justified. He was became legitimate God. Now, they now said even angels saw him. And they said, Kai, this is God. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Angels saw him and they said, this is God. Mm-hmm. So, sin of angels. Do you get what I'm saying? Sin of angels, then preach unto the Gentiles. They can't, if he's not justified, he can't be preached. Because he's, if, he's not, if he's not justified, if he's not justified, he's not good enough to be preached. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can't preach what has not been justified. The quality must have been checked. This is good enough to preach to people. So that was God in the flesh. Praise God. So he became God. Then how do we know that he became God? Hebrews chapter 1. Quickly. Hebrews chapter 1. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Please, let's, let's follow me as I'm opening the scriptures. Because uh, I just God just wants to establish something here. Hebrews chapter one. Hebrews chapter one. I will see chapter two. Let me see. Uh, okay, but chapter one verse five. Chapter one verse five. For unto which of the angels? Said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Do you get what I'm saying? For unto which of the angels said, He at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a what? A son. Do you get what I'm saying? So, this was the comparing angels with Jesus here. Jesus, God did not say to angels, that's my son. Do you get what I'm saying? 
You get? Huh? He said, For unto the angels, he said at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Yeah? This day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and also he shall be to me a son. Huh? Now, let's go to another scripture. Uh, verse 8. Verse, let's read from verse 7 again. Chapter 1, verse 7. And of the angels, he said, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers, what? Flame of fire. Those are angels. But look at Jesus. But unto the Son. You see the separation here. But unto the Son, he said, Thy throne, O God. Praise God. Unto the Son. What did he say to the Son? Thy throne, O God. So, to the angels, they are spirits. You may get the angels' spirits. Ministers' flame of fire. Now, when you say something is spirits, seraphims are spirits. But cherubims are higher spirits. Do you get what I'm saying? Aha. So, there are, difference, there are differences in them. Do you get what I'm saying? The angels in the holy place are different from the angels in the most holy place. The operations are different. If you read Psalm 103, we were saying that he led, um, the angels, he, um, angels that um, are to be born. Then the next one now said, you angels who obey his commandments. This, this, there are two different um, realms. Do you get what I'm saying? So because his spirit doesn't mean that he's more, there's, another one can be more of a spirit. Do you get what I'm saying? But out of all those spirits, Jesus Christ, the Bible now says it was made so much better than angels. So that's another type of spirit. Do you get what I'm saying? That's the higher quality of spirit. But they are all spirit. But Jesus Christ was made so much better than angels. Do you get what I'm saying? Sometimes when I read the scripture that to be conformed to the image of the Son, I'm always wondering, this spirit <laughs> that is like this is what we want to conform to. But you know that Bible says he has started the good work in you, he's able to finish it. Praise God. Praise on the Lord. He has a what? Started a good work in you. He's what? Able to what? Finish it. Praise God. So he can finish the work. Praise God. He can what? Finish the work. Praise God. Aha. So Jesus Christ was made a little lower than angels. Hmm? He was made a man when he came to earth. The Holy Spirit raised him and raised him and he became God. Mm -hmm. yes. How many of us know that he became God? Some people will tell you that Jesus Christ is not God. The Bible, calls, the Bible says that he is God. Yes. Please, how can God call, call somebody God? And you, you are denying that he is God. He is not God. Praise God. Mm -hmm. Now, that is the spirit of Antichrist. That spirit will tell you that Jesus did not come in the flesh. Because once you agree that Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh, flesh you will not accept the process of him growing up unto God. Praise God. And you must be able for you to become what he became, you must agree to the process he went through. Praise God. You must what? Agree to the process he what what? We went through. You must agree to that process. That process, you must, you must submit to it. Praise God. So, for you to actually come to that point, 
where you can say that Jesus Christ came in the flesh and you agree to the process of him growing, then you have overcome the spirit of Antichrist. Praise God. So, spirit of Antichrist wants to limit the growth of a man unto God. So, spirit of any spirit, spirit that is, anytime Christ's nature is being communicated to you, Christ's life is being communicated to you, and his spirit is trying to convince you out of it. That's the spirit of Antichrist. He's fighting formation. Praise God. He's what? Fighting what? Formation of Christ in a man. And a man must disallow him. You must endure the contradiction of men. Praise God. You know, see, see, one of the things that the devil uses to contradict us, to fight us, is the contradictions around us that other men have agreed to. You see that contradiction that other men have agreed to? You must disagree with it. It's okay to sleep, to, to, to stay in a... You know, I was talking to some people, eh, if you want to save money, people are getting married. Yeah? And you want to save money, two of you can move in together. So that you can save money. That's what the world does. Hmm? Now you must disagree with that mindset. For you to obey God. Praise God. See, you can't obey God if you have not chosen to disagree with the mindset that the world is projecting. So really, really obedience is actually fighting the perspective of the world. You must see the perspective of the world and war with it, disagree with it, conclude that you will not obey it, you will not live by it, you will not do what the world is teaching man to do. Praise God. Now, that's when you now come to that point where you are being taken, you are being, you are being um, um, redeemed from the world. So when they say a man is being redeemed from the world, is that that thing that the world agrees to is disagreeing with it. Praise God. And can I be very sincere? We don't know what you have agreed to many times in our life. Until when the Holy Ghost opens your eyes, and you just know that, Kai, I've been living like this for a while. This is not the way I'm supposed to be living. See, anytime Holy Ghost shows you that thing, like this, just agree with the Holy Ghost. Eh? And yield to whatever the Holy Spirit is saying. Praise God. Anytime you yield to it, you are being redeemed from the world. Praise God. So, what is redemption? Praise God. What is redemption? Redemption. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. Redemption is actually disagreeing with what old people. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, old people online they are they are paying attention. Praise God. So disagreeing with the world is actually saying no to whatever perspective the world has presented to us. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um 
Praise God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 8. So we're talking about that the spirit of Antichrist is the one that wants to teach you to disobey the life of Christ that Christ is projecting to your eyes. And how does the how does the world how does the world project their life to you? By the people, by the things that surround you. There's a life that people that things that surround you project before you. Praise God. Now, for you to be redeemed from the world, you must disobey that life, that projection, that image. Let me use the word image. There's an image that the world is projecting to everyone. Praise God. The image, there are some images that the world has projected to us that what makes you what makes you relevant is the type of car you buy. You know, the type of house you build, the kind of the type of career you have. You get the kind of status you have on it. Those are the things that the world has projected to you. Do you get what I'm saying? For you to actually be redeemed from the world, it's not that you can't have those things, but you disagree with that perspective. Do you get what I'm saying? You must disagree with that perspective. I was talking to somebody yesterday. I said, Do you know that one of the things that the Lord taught me recently is that even when your finances are getting better than they used to be, it doesn't mean anything around you should change. Because you know, sometimes we just want to show everybody that we are moving forward. Because you know, some of you have suffered so much, people have embarrassed us so much that when the money comes, like this, you want to show that status have changed. Praise <laughs> 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 <Who is> God. <laughs> That's when Instagram will just your Instagram will just start increasing in pictures. Your Snapchat will increase in pictures. You post more. Because what? Status have changed. You will show off. That is a projection the world has put to us. Now, sometimes you have to fight that temptation. How many of you have fought temptation to post pictures before? Praise God. Praise God. Some of you only goes and told you to go and delete your Instagram. Praise God. Because there's a life that the world has projected to us that we want to, we are agreeing to. And every life you agree to is actually painting information. It's like you won't know. You won't know. You won't know until you are about to make decisions. You will not know how many things are influencing your decisions. Praise God. You don't know how many things are influencing your decisions until God brings a man that does not look like what you want to desire to marry to you. And you will know that height has been influencing your decision since you don't know. Facial look and six parts have been influencing your decision, you don't know. Praise God. So maybe we like dead girl. I don't understand why. Why they do Praise God. I love. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Let me not, let me not like beard guy. So if the Lord brings someone that does not have beard. It will take time for it to grow. Go ahead. Praise 
Praise God. They will not be wondering. How come I can't fall in love? I know it's the love, but I can't fall in love with you. It's not hard. It's because you are kind of. Attracted to our husband, and I'm not yet attracted to him. What is making you not to be attracted? Let's check your heart. Can we check that heart? Mm-hmm. Well, I was like, what are you pointing out? Me, 
his flat. Praise God. Now, why am I setting this example? Why am I setting this example? He has he has an image in his mind, the kind of sister he should be attracted to. So even though it's the Lord that led him to that sister, there's something in that sister that is looking for that he has not seen. So he's finding difficult to fall in love. Praise God. Mm. Unless the Lord deals with that idol, mm. yeah, he will not fall in love with that sister. Mm. So it can be in the Lord. And if your idol is still standing, you might never fall in love with that sister. <coughs> Do you get and truly, truly, you should not marry somebody that you are not physically attracted to. Mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, what am I saying? Deal with your idol. Amen. Praise God. Did I balance it well? Yes. Good one. We did one. Did I balance it well? I feel like that thing needed to be dealt with. Thank you. Thank you. So, right now, don't tell me Jesus will meet you and put your deal with your idol. Hey! This is basketball. What is it? It's just fire. 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 You must disagree with that prospect. You must disagree with it. Praise God. Amen. Praise on the Lord. Amen. If you are not disagreeing with it, you are not being saved. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So salvation is disagreement with the world. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I feel like stopping in the next 15 minutes. We'll close as you Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hebrews 8. I'll continue from here next week. I'll continue from here next week. Yeah. Praise God. How many of us have been blessed? Praise God. No, no, I'm not. I'm, it's my mind. I think. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Verse 8. Hebrews 8 8. Praise God. So we've been talking about when teachings come, teaching, the teaching must become a law in your heart. It must become a law in your heart because a time has to come, the world has to take over you. You can put the word to use over time, but the time has to come. The word, the word has to take over you. Do you get me? So when the Bible is saying that out of flows, out of you can flow rivers of living waters, the word should be so flowing inside you that it has taken over. The Bible says, My cup runneth over. Right? It's not, the cup is not running, like running. Is that it's full of water and it's running over. Water is flowing out of it. Do you get what I'm saying? Right? Uh-huh. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So your cup should run over. Let, let, let the world take over. Right? Let the world take over. So, you see, 
When something has now become a law inside you, it's because you have caught covenant. You have caught covenant with it. That this is what I will live by. Praise Lord. You know the testimony. Like this is the New Testament, right? It shouldn't just remain a, a testament to you. What is testament? Let me explain this. If me and you want to make an agreement now, I will write the agreement in the paper. Eh? Then you bring it to me. It has not become a covenant until I sign it. Do you get what I'm saying? It's just a testament. It's just a written testament. The day I agree to it, I have made a covenant. So the word of God should not just be a testament to you. It should end up becoming a covenant. So when you commit to the word, you are it's becoming a covenant to you. What is a covenant? If I make a covenant with you, I should face the consequence if I disobey that covenant. An agreement, a bond. I should face the wrath of the law. The same way, when you make a covenant with something, with God, you don't turn back. So, when you make a covenant with the world, after you have done the world, and you become a covenant, you can't turn back from it. So, the word of God should become what? A covenant. Hope this thing is not too high, or it's not too heavy. It's not too heavy for you, right? So, what's the covenant? Anytime you want to make a decision, you are considering that covenant. Because you don't want to contradict it. Right? You are making another decision. You check that covenant you have made. Like, I've made a covenant with my wife. Do you get what I'm saying? When I have to make a decision, I, she, naturally, she just crosses my mind. Because of the covenant. So, that's what the word of God should end up being in your heart. It should become a law. Everybody say law. The word of God should become a law inside you. It should become, it should be, it should be the point of consideration when decisions are being made. You should be the one making decisions for you, not you making decisions around the world. The word should stand out when decisions are being made. Anytime decisions are about to be made, let the word stand before you. The word should be standing in front of you when you are about to make a decision. And you weigh with the word, you weigh through the word, weigh with God, then you come to a conclusion because of the ingrained resolutions. Resolutions are resolved, the word has done. Do you get what So when they say a man has been transformed, a transformed man is a man of different resolves in his heart. Right? So let me, let's look at this scripture. This scripture, John 8. It says, If ye continue in my word. Look at, let me open that scripture. It is John 8. Um, I don't know the verse. Let me open that scripture. I want to close early today, so I'm just, I'm just rounding up. Praise God. Wow. I actually thought they only have 30 minutes today. That's good. Somebody's two hours. <laughs> Praise God. I can't even believe that. I actually <laughs> was able to teach for one hour thirty minutes. I hope I don't go further than this. <laughs> you know that I'm talking now. Maybe I shouldn't have spoken. <laughs> if you continue in my word, look at that scripture for me. It's John 8. Verse what? Um, verse 31. Verse 31. Read it for me, please. 
Then Jesus says to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my if, word. Wait, wait, look at it. Let's look at it properly. If you continue in my word, so there's word. Yeah. Then you continue in it. You keep doing it. You keep doing it. You keep doing it. What will not happen? Then are ye my disciples indeed? Then? And you shall know the truth. So you have not, ent- you have not come to the truth unless you have done the word. Mm-hmm. So the word, you are doing it to get to a point where you have come to a resolve. Mm-hmm. Do you get know what I mean? So a lot of revelation will come. Revelations will come. Revelations will come. What the revelation wants to do to you is that it wants you to come to one resolve. That resolve is called truth. Mm-hmm. Or knowledge. The Bible calls it knowledge of the truth. Yeah. That resolve you come into. You will notice that once you come to that resolve, eh, mm-hmm. every decision in your life is influenced by that resolve. Yeah. Time, God, before you make some of us have made decisions that I will, I will follow the Lord in this part of my life, all the days of my life. Like any, is anything the Lord says that I will do, you have come to that result. How did you come to that result? Did you come to it in one day? No, a lot of revelations. You open your eyes here, you your eyes, and you came to that result that the only person that I want to allow here is God because of the way I, what I believe, what I see, because of the understanding I have. The reason why I've come into right? So, before you got there, revelations came upon revelations upon revelations. Then time came as you were agreeing to those revelations and doing them, you came to a truth. The day you come to that truth, liberty, freedom, Satan cannot influence that place again because now you have come to a reason, unless you allow him. You have come to what? A resolve. That resolve is called truth. It takes truth to, to, to overcome idol. Praise God. It takes truth to what? Overcome idol. The truth of God's word should, should be the only idol in your heart. Truth of God's word should be an idol. Why did I say that? Commandment. Thou shalt not have any other God before me. Thou shalt not make any graven image. Right? Because he wants to you to become to conform to his own image. So anytime you have any other image inside you, you're jealous of it. Because the only image you should have is the image of yourself. Do you know what I mean? So because you don't need to go and carve a wood to have image. Hmm? If there's a particular sight you have, a particular perspective you have, a particular um, heart disposition you have, eh, that is not of God, that's an image. Why is it an image? Every decision you make, you make, eh, that thing will influence it. So that's an image. Right? It's an image. Because when you make a decision, that thing influences your decisions. It influences what you do. It influences how you talk. It influences how you respond to people. That's an image. It's an idol. Do you get what I'm saying? It's an idol. It influences everything. So, but when Jesus becomes an image, that thing that, that what the idol was doing, Jesus Christ too will be doing it. It will influence your decisions. 
you influence everything you do. So that is the only image you should have. Jesus. Jesus should be the only image that a man has. An image is actually the perspective, resolves, and heart dispositions, heart, heart frequency, heart movements. Do you get what you see? Do you get what you do is dependent on what you see? Do you get how you see? The kind of thoughts that cross your mind, the kind of images and imaginations that you have. For you to make a decision, you must have imagined it. Then you can't make a decision without an imagination. That in, that decision the, has played out in your imagination. You saw seen the end of it before you do it. Do you get what I'm saying? So that's an image. So when Jesus Christ takes over your heart, the imaginations too of your decisions will start playing out. And you see the end of it, then you take it, you make decisions based on the image that the Lord is painting with. Do you get what I'm saying? So, but you don't come to that point where the Lord can just keep painting it unless there's something called multitude of revelations, waters. Do you get it? In fact, sometimes before God comes to speak to you, He must have brought pots of revelations to you through the Word of God, through manifestation of the Spirit, through the Word of God. Then, on top of those revelations, the Lord will just write on it and then speak to you. When He speaks to you, every decision of your life. You start running by that thing that the Lord has said. So you see something and the Lord told me. The Lord has told me that. You want to make a decision. And the Lord has told me that. The reason is because that thing has been what the Lord, what the Lord said is standing upon a lot of revelations. And because of that, it has become a reason in your heart. Now it's affecting every decision you make. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Aha. Praise God. So when we are telling you to spend time with the word, we know what we are saying. It's because you are coming, you should get to a point where you come to the knowledge of the truth. Mm-hmm. Knowledge of the truth will now be the one influencing every area of your life. Mm-hmm. When knowledge of the truth is influencing, you will please God. Mm-hmm. Because you will do what God, that's what it means to abide in Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's what it means to what? Abide in Him. If I abide in you, you abide in me, and my word abides what? In you. Is that what the Bible says? Am I what? So abiding in him is that the word is abiding in him. Praise God. Now let's quickly look at I'll continue from here next week. Hebrews 8. Verse 8. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the day cometh, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now you already made a covenant of the Lord with them. I think I want to teach the difference like how the Lord came to be, the essence of the Lord. The old covenant, then we now relate it to the New Testament. Praise God. We'll get there. Praise God. How many of us want us to actually, you know, we, we need to break down things. We need to break down scriptures. So give, take, take, we are going to take our time. Eh? Please. We are going to take our time well. We want to teach well. Do you hear me? The way you come here, don't be in a hurry. Do you hear me? Let us teach. Praise God. Don't be in a hurry. Let teachings flow. Praise God. Now I said, now according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the days when I looked, I took them by the hands to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Because they continued not in my covenant, you see? And I regarded them not, said the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord. I will what? Put my laws. Praise God. You know what I'm talking about, Lord? So, 
God in Mount Sinai, God wanted to put the law on, in his people. Now, that law wasn't supposed to be on the tablet of stone. Do you hear me? It wasn't supposed to be on the tablet of stones. It was supposed to be on their heart and the mind of Israelites. So when Jesus Christ said that if you refuse to worship me, I will raise stones to worship me. God did it in the past. Because laws must be written on top of people. You do not accept it. God put his laws on top of the stone. And God wanted his glory to come down. Anywhere you put that stone, his glory will come down. Imagine. In other words, God's glory was supposed to be resting on Israelites. But because the laws was not in them, the glory of God could not rest on them. So a man cannot carry God's glory unless he's a testimony carrier. Unless he's a law carrier. Everybody has seen, ah, God's glory is upon me. I want to check, is there the law of God inside you? It's not because you are dreaming around. Mm-hmm. That's not glory. Eh? Old Testament prophet did it. Yes, sir. That's not glory. Yeah. Glory is that character of God exudes out of you. Yeah. That's glory because you are a testimony carrier. Yeah. You must be carrying testimonies. The testimony will become covenants inside you by doing there. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. He said, I will write my laws upon what? Upon their heart mm-hmm. and upon their mind. Amen. Praise God. So if the word of God has not become a law inside a man, mm-hmm. eh, you can't just wake up and say, I'm the people of God. Mm-hmm. Truly, truly, we are children of God. But when God says, my people, it's people that he is not ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Because they are carriers of his testimony. They are carriers of laws. Mm-hmm. They are carrying laws inside them. Mm-hmm. So God is comfortable putting his glory upon them. Because they will not use that glory to serve themselves. All men shall see your good work and give glory to your father. When laws are written on you, that is actually called good works. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see clarification on the, the law. So when, when you say law, is it because God can speak to us through the scriptures, the word of God, mm-hmm. and then sometimes you are just things that the Spirit tells you. Mm-hmm. You know that it's backed up by the principles of the scripture. We've all written explicitly in mm-hmm. the scriptures. Yeah. So can both be a law? So for example, um, if the Holy Spirit is telling me, I want you to forgive this person, I will not struggle with it because I know that I Holy Spirit wants me to, like God yeah. wants me to forgive. Yes, yes, it's explicitly yes. written in the scriptures. Yeah. But then Holy Spirit is not telling me, okay, I want you to wake up 5 a.m. every morning to pray. That one I'll be like, ah, don't take me back to this, you know, religion, that kind of thing. But then it's all the spirits that is saying it. So if I make that a law, does it make sense to feel like, oh, this is just religion, I'm being legalistic? It doesn't mean it doesn't mean so. Mm-hmm. Now, because of this now, if it's not if it's a if it's something that the Holy Spirit told you, there's an there's something that the Holy Spirit is supposed to achieve inside you mm-hmm. by telling you that thing. It might tell you to be waking up at 5 a.m. now. Tomorrow you might change it. Do you get So, Holy Spirit speaks progressively, but at that moment that the Holy Spirit has told you, embrace it as if it's a law. Do you get what I'm saying? Embrace it as if it's a law. Being open that when the Holy Spirit comes and changes it, you're open to change. Do you get what I'm saying? In fact, you should do it so much that it has ended up becoming an habit inside you. Because the Holy Spirit told you to do so. So when we are saying law, I'm not even saying law as in 
what the Lord, what you should be doing, doing, doing. The law I'm even talking about now is something that has become part of it that is already written on you. Do you get what I'm saying? When you say law, well, like say example, law of gravity. Law of gravity is not really, really what you are doing. Law, it's not what everybody is doing. Law of gravity is an influence on the thing. Do you get what I'm saying? So when the word of God is written on you, the law, word of God becomes influence in you. Do you get what I'm saying? No, law generally can be maybe I tell you what to do. Eh? And it has become a law to you more like you. If you don't do it, I'll discipline you. There's a difference with that. When I'm talking about the law I'm talking about here, when the Bible says the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, that life in Christ Jesus, when it begins to inform your decisions and now takes over your life, it has become a law. It's already written on you. It becomes, takes control over you. The same way law of thermodynamics, when you actually put an electronics on top, it takes over the electronics. Once you shut down law of thermodynamics, those things don't work again. Do you get what I'm saying? So, when you say law, really, really in the scripture, law is not what you are doing. Law is a principle that has taken over the heart. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying? Aha. Hmm? Can you give me an example? All these stones that are holding together, it's called, what is holding the stones together? It's called law of correction. Do you get what I'm saying? It has become a law. For you to break down this place, law of motion and force must be hit on it. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But what is binding it is a law. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Aha. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, Please, hope you understand what I'm saying. Yes. Aha. So, when something has become a law, it is that thing that is binding you. Yes. And has taken over you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be Yes. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. You can't do without being patient. That's become a law in this region. Even when you want to do otherwise, you just know that patience was flew out of you. That's law. That's become a law. So this, this, that, that's the difference between the law of the life because and the law of Moses. Old Testament. Old Testament. But that was how God wanted to achieve in the Israelites. When he told them to come to Mount Sinai, it's not supposed to be Old Testament of law, do not, do not, do not. It's supposed to be upon them. That they can't help it, but not bear false witness. They can't help it, but not kill. Do you get They can't help it, but not lie. Do you get They can't help it. Because it's already written on them. That's what God wanted to achieve. But because they refused it and ran away, and they now told Moses, eh, whatever the Lord tells you, we will do it. Eh? So you think you can do it with your capacity. Now well, write it on stones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now at that point, they now have the name that there was actually something in there that is bad. Mm-hmm. That's like the Galatians say something that the law was sin was not sin to me until the Lord came. Okay. Until the Lord came. Yeah. They didn't know they had problem. Mm-hmm. They didn't know they had sin. They had a nature that cannot obey God mm-hmm. until the Lord came. Mm-hmm. They wanted to do the Lord, they could not do it. Mm-hmm. Then they realized that there is something that's not to me that is not of God. 
That law that is making them to disobey the Ten Commandments is called the law of sin and death. Mm-hmm. The law of Moses is called the law of carnal commandments. Mm-hmm. But the law that made them disobey Moses, the law that Moses brought, is called the law of sin and death. Mm-hmm. What can be, what can overcome the law of sin and death mm-hmm. is the law of the Spirit of Life mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus. So, law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is what you establish patience in your heart. Mm-hmm. When that law of patience is established, mm-hmm. even when you people tell you that, ah, why are you always patient like this? You do otherwise. If you want to try it, you just mm-hmm. cannot help. You just be patient because it has become a law. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't become a law in one day. It's because God has instructed you. Revelation mm-hmm. of patience, you obey it. Tomorrow, the Lord brings another revelation of patience. You obey it. Another day, it brings another law of revelation. Like revelation, revelation of um, patience, it brings it. That will become patience will be so formed in you mm-hmm. that has become a law. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So mm-hmm. what you said is very accurate. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. What you said is very accurate. Now, let me close close with this. I will continue next week with this. Please come next week. Praise God. Yes, I will continue from here. Yes, I want God. God is going to help us. Yes, yes. Ah, we'll be so blessed. Yes, we'll be so blessed. There's all trans. I'm going to see what God yeah. is doing in our midst. There's so much entrance in our midst. Yeah. yeah, sometimes I woke up this morning and I didn't know what I'm going to teach. Mm-hmm. But I'm teaching for how many hours? How long right, right now? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. can I be very sincere with you? The Lord is in our midst. Yes. Praise God. And take family out of the picture. Just know that the Lord is talking to us. Do you get what I'm saying? Take me out of the picture. The Lord is talking to us. Praise God. He said, Are we? He said, uh, For this is the current verse 10, 810, Rubus 810. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their heart. I will be to them a God. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, is he not your God? He is. But he said, I will be to you a God. You know, that was the reality of me being God to you will come to pass. Thank you, Jesus. You know that you are just proclaiming, oh, he's my God. Right now, I'm just proclaiming it. The time will come, the reality of is God. You know, God that can control you. Mm-hmm. That reality will come to pass. Mm-hmm. Ah, it will come to pass in our life. Amen. It will come to pass Amen. in our life. Amen. And the Lord will not consider any other thing when the Lord is speaking to us. Amen. Because the Lord, God has become a law in Amen. our hearts. Amen. Amen. And they shall, and God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor. And every man his brother saying, know the Lord. You see? For all shall know me. Ah! Oh, Fakani and Vendobra, Jidia, Afena. He said, when the Lord is written on you, they don't need to teach you that you should come and know the Lord. You will know God. Ah! Hey! Ali Brat Ven, Miniko Stavanda, Alika Avenombresto Vadaya, Elemeno, Sifidi, Stavan, Keda. He said, for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. For I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness mm-hmm. and their sins and their iniquity. I will remember no more. Mm-hmm. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This thing is a process. We'll keep teaching it next week. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. We'll teach it next week. You know, in the book of 2 Corinthians, it says, Here are my pistols. Eh? Mm-hmm. Not reading on tablets of stones. Eh? Mm-hmm. But here are my pistols. He said, Through our administration. Let's quickly open there and we'll close. Sorry. I just feel like I need to quickly say this. Um, verse chapter 3, uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 2 Corinthians 3, ah, oh, Siphinian, I'll read from verse 1, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 1, do we begin to commend ourselves, or need we, as 
some others, epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you. Ye our epistles, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistles of Christ, ministered by us, you see, how did they become the epistles of Christ? They were ministered to by the apostles. So things don't become a law in you unless you have been ministered to. Don't think that you got born again, you just have law. No, no, no. There, there can be law in your spirit, man. But your soul, where it's supposed to be carried out, there are no laws there yet. But how do they, in your, that's why he mentioned in your heart. He didn't say in your spirit. Yes, sir. In your heart. Look at it. He said, for as much as the man manifestly declared the epistle of Christ, ministered unto you, not with ink, with this, but with the spirit of the living God, not in the tables of stone, but in the fleshy tablets of the heart. So as they were ministering, laws were being written, not on stone, but fleshly tablets of the heart. As those things are becoming a law in them, they are obeyed, becomes a law, becomes a law, then they become an epistle. Because anytime they are going around, law just plays out. Now they become an epistle. Those are witnesses. That's how you become a witness. You can't become a witness unless laws have been written upon your heart. Can you obey God? Can you begin to ask God for grace for obedience? God, I want to obey you. Father Lord, I want to obey you. Father Lord, I want to obey you. Because I want to be an epistle of Christ. I want to be an epistle of Christ. Father Lord, help me to obey you. Help me to obey you. Hambre savambre kete bragadeka. Renge subrano bereke tu bragadeka. Zade kanina kalaba kalesto vadega. Rendo stabana kali bragadesta vadaka. Mananatiada kale kerebosh de fanda. Rando staba belegede. Inikaste vezek gelika banda. Masofrede. Father, I want to obey you. Lord, I want to obey you. King of glory, I want to obey you. Lord Jesus, I want to obey you. Help me, Lord, to obey you. Help me, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, King of glory. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. Blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Thank you, everybody online. Thank you for listening. And uh, God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You